0: The title of community leader gets thrown around a lot, but it can be so much more than someone who is in the limelight. If a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? If a teenager is having fun at a party, but doesn't post it to TikTok, did it really happen? And if you are involved in a lot of different aspects in the community, but you never make a show of it, are you making a difference as a leader? Today, we are going to see that that answer is unequivocally a resounding yes. This is Bobby Winsler, and welcome to my weekly podcast covering the conversation in Citrus County. Movers and shakers is a cliché term to describe people who facilitate change in a community. My guest today is not a mover or a shaker; he's a doer. He facilitates from the front lines. Harold Walker has been the chairman of the Chamber of Commerce, the project manager of the George Washington Carver Center, and is the current president of the Citrus Construction Academy. And yet. His name might be unfamiliar to some because Harold doesn't seek the credit. He cares only about the result, and his results are proven time and time again. The most dangerous piece of real estate in Citrus County is between Harold Walker's vision of the way something could be and the space between achieving it because he will bulldoze through regardless of the obstacles. So what happens when this unstoppable force meets the immovable object that is the albatross of residential road resurfacing, he comes up with really good ideas, as you'll hear from him shortly, and it's only a matter of time before those ideas become a reality and all of us benefit. But before we get to that, let's start with this. The goal of an elected official should not be to get re-elected, even if they want to continue doing the job. The goal should be to be so effective that they run unopposed and avoid an election altogether. There's one issue that, if fixed, could potentially elevate a commissioner above facing a challenge, and that issue is residential road resurfacing. This became a hot topic of debate in the fall of 2021, when it looked like the county commission might push for a sales tax ballot referendum to raise funds specifically for infrastructure. All five commissioners had spoken in favor of this idea at one point, but Commissioner Scott Carnahan, who was chairman at the time, decided that there was not enough time to properly educate the public on the merits of the tax raise prior to the vote in 2022 and didn't want to propose a failing initiative. As economic conditions worsened with inflation the entire commission decided now was not the right time to be raising rates, even if the idea remained a good one to some in the future. One school of thought is that roads require about $10 million a year in funding to catch up on what would be considered proper maintenance. In the upcoming budget cycle, the commission has tentatively budgeted just under $7 million, so a shortfall still exists. Maybe we're looking at the issue all wrong, though. The answer might not be to continuously increase the money spent, but rather to bring down the expenses incurred. This is the exact approach Harold Walker takes with some ideas that could easily be implemented to immediately start bringing down costs. I'm joined now by a community leader, former chairman of the Citrus County uh, Chamber of Commerce, Harold Walker. Harold, thank you for being here today. You spearheaded the George Washington Carver Center project. Tell me a bit about how that idea came to be and how you made it happen. Uh, Well, I am retired from Duke
1: after 34 years, but before I retired, I was on our diversity committee. And uh, we started a youth group at my church on Tuesday nights, and I never went through that part of Crystal River. I live in Sisters Hills, and so I would just go down that way. Well, I went down Cutler Spur, now Three Sister Springs Trail, and saw a concrete slab. And I said it was the George Washington Harbor Community Center. I had no idea what it was, but I thought at, our, at the plant, we needed to do something different in diversity than the things that we were doing. So I stopped in, I think it was like November 2010, maybe 2011, spoke to the people and said, what can I do to help? And then they came back and and we sat down and talked about it. And then I just volunteered to be the project manager. It took us five years to finish it. Um, So it was kind of interesting. We redesigned the whole building. Uh, I just started reaching out to people in the community. I got to probably about 10 guys from the power plant that knew how to put up metal buildings. I don't know how to do that. And uh, I called them men of integrity. They said they would help me and they did. And we just, every Saturday, worked at it. I got donations from Bay Area Air Conditioning. fly-in construction. Um, Just so many people donated their time and talent and treasure. And at our church, that's one of of our priests talk about, time, talent, and treasure. So, uh, you know, some people have a lot of time and talent, but they don't have any treasure. But uh, voluntarily, we worked every Saturday to put it up, and and then at the end of it, we finished it in five years uh, debt-free. And one of my big keys to doing that, I would set people up to, to succeed. We had guys working on the weekends on Saturday doing stuff for us. And my wife bought me a trailer for Christmas, and on Fridays I worked four tens. I was rough. On Friday I would go to Ocala buy metal studs, drywall screws, whatever I needed, and then Saturday we'd work. And so my whole goal was to scour eBay, Craigslist, donations, and like I said, we finished the billion five years debt free. And
0: what a resource for the county for the city of Crystal River it's been. And you're on now onto another project. You are president of the. Citrus Construction Academy. Let's start with what you've accomplished so far before we get into the future. Can you take us through some of the accomplishments? Well, you know, we, um, in 2016, I pitched this idea at a fire up citrus
1: thing for the, uh, for the uh, chamber because I was working for a general contractor and we couldn't find people for our subs to go to work. So I pitched the idea for the Construction Academy. It was kind of slow going. Um, we didn't make a whole lot of progress at first, but here in last, these last probably 18 months, we got a school bus that we got a, 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 based on that, we got a grant from Lowe's. And then Lowe's gave us the money to get the bus wrapped by the tools. We've taken it to the Boys and Girls Club. We've taken it to churches for uh, like a day, uh, like a morning, making tools and stuff. We've been to the Mantee Strawberry Festival last year, Manatee Festival this year. And the outpouring of, uh, is just, is awesome. So what's happened is, it's, it built a groundswell support. So now we have support in the school system for construction classes starting in, uh, August of this year at Citrus High School. So, um, in fact, we've been trying to work on room 507, where the room's gonna to be, to get it all get it all turned around. Um, we put in for a grant with the state, haven't found out if we're gonna get it yet or not, but we feel fairly confident that... Um, I was at a meeting with the chamber and was talking to Senator Senate President Wilton Simpson and said, here's what we're trying to do. And he said, he's all for that. And so we put in for the grant $253,200, redo the classroom, buy new equipment, uh, get it all set up and uh, we've been working with thomas kennedy on the school board and he brought up a good point that we're not out there the school's not out there to provide construction workers it's out there to provide opportunities for kids and in fact our main badge is now say building opportunities that's what we want to do we you know some kids may not go into construction but we want to give them that option or at least learn those life skills
0: that's great and you're here to talk about roads today but i it's such a great project i want to ask you one follow-up what are your goals for the future of the construction academy um when
1: I was at the plant, when I, when I was the instrument shop manager, my goal was for, to have the best shop in the com- in the, at, at, the, at the plant, one of the best shops in the company, and one of the best shops in the, in the, sta- in the, in the country. And uh, we were able to accomplish that. I got a, a, a little memo, not a memo type thing from the uh, organization, said so it was the best INC shop they'd ever seen. So my goal is for the, for the construction academy is to be the best academy in Citrus County. That's the first goal. The second one is be in the area, one of the best construction academies, and then, and be recognized as such. So uh, our goal is to get kids to come in and, and learn some life skills about how, they, how you rehab a house and stuff. As a matter of fact, the, the last presentation I did in October for uh, Fire Up Citrus was probably two to three years down the road, take the, 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 the students from the construction academy and go rehab a house like in Beverly Hills. Pick the worst house in a good neighborhood and redo it and they'll learn about escrow, down payments, interest rates, you know, uh, when you do a repair, what's the, what's the, what's the uh, um, I can't think of the word, but resale, not resale, but uh, w- what value does it add to the house? And so uh, after that one, uh, the presentation in October, I had realtors, mortgage brokers, and general contractors said, come to me and said, when you form your board, or advisory board to help with that, let me know, I want to be on it. So it's one of those things where we can where we can show the kids and uh what they can do and uh, every construction academy in the area uh, in the state and across the country has seen phenomenal results with kids learning how to do something contrary to proper belief they will pull their head up from a the phone they will learn how to do something so uh, and, and actually the construction academy in San Antonio Texas found the kids who actually went to the construction academy but didn't go into construction who went on to college actually did better in college so
0: And that's an incredible stat, and we're well on our way to accomplishing those goals, thanks to your leadership. It was at the Manatee Fest in front of the Construction Academy bus that you and I started talking about residential road resurfacing. And I'm just wondering why no one else is hearing what you're saying, because it all made perfect sense to me. It was a very common sense approach. Can you take me through those steps? that you see the county could consider in streamlining the residential road resurfacing process? Well, a little
1: short story at, uh, at the nuclear plant during outages when we shut the plant down for maintenance, we bring in a ton of contract workers. And uh, the president of the company at the time asked one of the contracting companies, said, what can we do to save some money? He said, they, they said, that's easy, just pay us. And he was kind of shocked, he goes, we do pay you. He goes, yeah, eventually, but not, not, not concurrently as the work's going on. So we have to wait to the very end of that to happen. He said, well, what can we do differently? He says, let us, let us trust each other on the invoices, billable hours and stuff and pay us every week. He said, the reason why that is, we have to go borrow that money to go pay those workers. And so that adds cost to the process that doesn't save you any money, doesn't save us any money, because we don't have millions of dollars laying around in what, what uh, some companies would call working capital. So they have to go float those loans. He said, if you could just pay us as the work is being done, We'll pass that savings on to you. We'll cut the rate. And he's like, because you're going to pay us anyway. You're going to pay us anyway. Why not just pay us faster and save some money? So I looked at that idea and I kind of apply it to roads because what happens is you have to do, you have to pay someone's roads and then the county or the city pays you for it, right? Well, that may take some time. By the time all that work is done, uh, it was kind of interesting. The other thought I had was what's it cost to break even on a road? So like, for example, if you pull into a subdivision and there's 20 miles of roads, and the guy goes, and the construction company says, "You know, God, 20 miles of roads just kills us. Why? Because that's just below our break-even point. By the time we get the labor, the materials, the equipment there, we have to charge you more to make that up. So, you know, if we add, you know, you may have a road around here that doesn't need to be paved. But it's something we paid for five years. Let us pay that one. Take that off your list for down the road, and now we can we can make some money." I actually called uh, the guy up in Tallahassee who's in charge of the. Paving Alliance for Pavers. He's like the lobbyist for them. And he said, you know, most companies have working capital, and because we discussed that idea, and they can cover all that. Well, some of your listeners may remember the DAB construction went out of business, went, went bankrupt. And when I looked at what the county owed them in money, I don't know if that would have made a difference, but if you can imagine you could have a company where they're getting paid on a regular basis, they're not having to float loans, they're not having to have a whole lot of working capital out there. So, uh, And the other thought is, in uh, W. Edwards Deming, the, uh, the father of quality, he brought up a good point that some American businesses like to farm out 70% of their work to one company and 30% to another. Well, neither company can count on the work from, the, from that supply, from that, uh, that contractor. So now they have to hedge their bets. They can't go buy the equipment they need, they can't go hire the people they need, because they may have to lay somebody off. So, my thought if you took that to it and you found a good, good uh, paving contractor you liked, don't have them bet on the job tell them they're going to do the work for Citrus County for the next five years. You've got all of our work. So they go, what? you got all our work. So now what they can do? They can go out there and buy that equipment they may need. They could go hire the people for the long term, maybe they provide better benefits, pay a little bit more because they're going to keep those people there. And now they're not running out there to bid, bid this contract versus somebody who's out of state, I mean, uh, out, of the, out of the area. They can get a local guy to say, hey, if you give us five years worth of work, we'll cut you some cost here. Because it's all about pulling every bit of dollar you can out of that paving type things. So, you know, I uh, uh, was at Ruthie Slayball's, uh, um town home one time and we asked Randy Oliver, I said, could we post, put in the paper, what roads are being paved last year? And it uh, turns out we talked to Jerry Mulligan and said, absolutely. So we posted that in the paper. I was really amazed by the Facebook comments because people were like, oh my God, my road's not being paved. My road's not being paved, you know. But I think, it, at least in my mind, with the constituents in the county, if you're if you're transparent to what you're doing, that this is where the money's going, then people understand what's there. If they don't know what road's being paved next year or whatever, it turned out to be about 160 miles of road. I actually took all the roads on that list, went to Google, mapped them out, put them in a spreadsheet, divided by 5280, and found out the miles. Later on, they posted that information. It was like, I figured 156 miles, they said 160 miles. But people could see what roads were being paved. So I think those are things that, uh, and it's interesting, I downloaded a contract from North Carolina for paving. And the contract was 160 pages long. Now it had a lot of specs in there for like how curbs had to be made and all that different things, so you, and so that everybody's understanding what the standard is, type thing. It almost seems like that would be an addendum, so the contract would be 30 pages, and as long as you're along on this addendum, that this is the guy we meet, we make. But uh, I just think there's, there could be a better way, just on based on my experience at the plant, with all those years out there, when somebody said, "Hey, can you, how can you save us some money?" and the simple thing the guy said just pay us just pay us so make us have to wait months for the money
0: that you're going to pay us anyway so so many great ideas and I love the way that you're proactive with it uh, getting those roads published in the paper it was enlightening to all the Facebook commenters as well Uh, since you have such a unique perspective behind the scenes with the projects like the Carver Center and Construction Academy insight to um, government with the road resurfacing what is one thing that Citrus County is not doing now that it could be doing better you know you know I, I, uh, I, I I'll I just call it a pet peeve I don't know there's one
1: thing that we could do better I, I, I I'm when I used to go to work and now I'm working part-time I get to work at six in the morning so when I'm driving to work in the morning there's a lot of traffic lights out there that are, I'm just waiting and there's nobody there okay you're just like because my view is, I ask sometimes some of the uh, people I know and county commissioners and stuff, what should be happening in an intersection? And they look at me dumbfounded. I'm like, cars should be moving through the intersection. Okay, that's what should be happening. When you see all four sides sitting there and there's no cars going through the intersection, then maybe we need to do something different. I know there's artificial intelligence, I think it's down in Manatee County, that's been put together for their uh, traffic lights that automatically adjust to the traffic. And it really comes up with for hurricane evacuation where the program can uh, see what's going on and going, okay, I got a lot of cars going north. I got a lot of cars going south or whatever it is and reprogram itself. Now I'm not saying every light in the Citrus County needs to have a uh, change, but I know that the guys out there are doing garbage trucks at five in the morning and uh, UPS guys or bread deliveries or whatever, wishes the traffic lights. Some of them are blinking lights at those times. I just think there's an opportunity there to kind of make our life a little bit easier. Um, I'm excited about the stuff I see in Crystal River, the, the water park, all that kind of stuff. The uh, Splash Pad. Uh, I was I helped a little bit on the uh, on the pump house uh, right there at the end, and uh, Robert Holmes and I did a lot of work with his grandson Bo. And in fact, grand, his grandson Bo thought that was my house. We went there, so he, goes, <laughs> we, he told his daddy, "We going to Mister Walker's house," and he, they laughed. no, we're going to the pump house. But uh, uh, I think just the transparent. I think transparency. I think when Randy and them posted that on the on Facebook. I mean, on the the Chronicle and online, people could see what was happening. You know, they'd like to see what's going on, what's happening with their money, what's happening with their resources. And, uh, because sometimes you go down a road and see it repaved and you're going, why did they repave this road? You know, not this road, that's other way. I guess the other thing that uh, could be done better is our formula for paving roads is based on how rough the road is and the number of houses on the road. And I kind of think that should be how rough it is versus how many cars pass on that road. Because in my neighborhood, there's a road to the side of me that has no houses on that road because it's, it's a side street, kind of a side street. And there's people, all, houses all down it. I was teasing Ruthie one day I said, is there a limit on, 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 um, on uh, pothole repair? I mean, at what point do you, do you stop and go, okay, 30% of this road has been, has been pothole fixed. Okay, is there something somewhere along the line? This road's getting a lot of traffic and stuff like that. So I think just how we pick the roads to be, uh, be repaid would be a big step.
0: Yeah, a subtle change from number of houses to amount of traffic, but it just makes so much sense. Yeah, but I think you know if you're looking for constituents and
1: probably people approval, if there's a lot of houses on that road, well then a lot of people are happy, right? You know, if there's no houses on that road, you're like, why are we pay- repaving it? Well, people, are, the traffic on that thing is tremendous, you know, type thing. So it's I can see I can see the, uh, proponents of both ways, but I can see to me it makes much sense on traffic wise because the, the roads that have a lot of houses on it are also going to have traffic on it. Great. Harold, thanks for joining us. You're quite welcome.
0: Let's Start With This is a concurrent media production. The Citrus County Concurrent is a DBA of Winsler Consulting and Advocacy, LLC. If you would like to advertise on this podcast, please contact advertising at yourconcurrent.com. You can find Let's Start With This weekly at noon on Tuesdays on the concurrent website and mobile app. Thanks for listening.